Nicholas, he's playing everything. He's playing this whole thing to his advantage. He's like, oh, I can have fun with Pascal. This whole Pascal thing is temporal. But I shouldn't get attached to Pascal. Let me keep my attachment to my wife because she's a good person. And she's a person who is stable. But at the same time, let me have fun with his other fresh young blood. Okay? Hmm. <laughs> Hello Novels and Bits listener, it's Monday and I am thankful to hang out with you today. Okay, um, we have been on the affair and we're going to complete it today. Woohoo! But as always, before we get into the episode, let's just read for about a minute. How was your weekend? Um, I can't exactly remember what I did on Saturday. Oh, I remember what I did on Saturday. I sat my ass down and typed a lot of words. <laughs> okay, I'm a writer for, um, if you're listening for the first time, you don't know. My name is Chisoba Ibunilo or Chisoba Katie, like I go on the podcast. And I'm a writer, I'm a voiceover artist. And um, obviously, my first love is writing. I do that really well. But there is this project I have on hand that I'm giving myself unnecessary pressure about. Maybe because the pace higher than what I normally get. <laughs> but regardless, it's just what it is. And I'm doing my best to relax, to not think of the money and just do it like I normally do. No pressure, have fun. It's not easy to do, but it's certainly doable. Then on the weekend, okay, yesterday, I listened to, I think, about three different podcasts or two. I can't say, but at least two. One of it was um, Stephanie Sue's um podcast Stephanie Sue Sue S-O-O you can check her out and she mostly does true crime yes she's the one that I listened to her episode you know the episode she did when she um, told the story of of the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo I was actually going to do it on the podcast but she said she's already done it and I have actually decided I don't think that's a book I want to get into you can just go listen to it on her podcast Bacon Mother, I think that's that's the one she did it on. So you can go listen to it there if you want to. And um, so that's it. The thing is, honestly, the way she tells her stories are so good. Like, I feel like she's someone I'm looking up to right now and hoping to be like one day. And I just love how she tells her stories. And I want to kind of learn and really grow like that. But then true crime is really not my thing because I feel the world is too horrific to now get more indulged in true crime and horror and things like that. And the episode I listened to before then, that was Vision, My Valley podcast. Vision, like Shami or so, like Hami, like the, the host of the My Valley podcast. So um, he was talking that because at the time he recorded, he released the episode that I listened to yesterday. It was around Halloween and he had his, um, his children, his nine-year-old daughter loves horror. So they'd gone to the Dracula house and I, I can't remember the country he said it was at. So they, they'd gone there and um, they just got back and stuff like that. I was like, what's with all these people are liking horror? Like, y'all, can't you just like, like happy, go easy things you get? But hey, I, I want to ask you really, but do you like horror? Or you just, or do you prefer like happy, go to things? I'm, I'm really going to ask that question as a poll because I want to get what, you, I want to know what you like. <laughs> because I don't like horror. I don't know how anyone does. But okay, I can understand people's preferences. We're different and all. So we'll get to right into the episode. So in um, part A and part B, we just um, we started with letting us know that, okay, Nicholas is a married man who is also a best-selling author. 
He's also a producer, a co-producing director. So um, based on one of a movie based on one of his um, novels came out, and the lead role, the, the the main female lead in the movie, he got into an affair with her, although he was married and had two beautiful daughters, and obviously that devastated the wife. And then we got into the background of the wife, how her mom is this really big person. Her sisters are so cool. His wife is like the last daughter of her family. And so we went into the devastating effect of the affair and how she was coping with it, taking her time to decide, should I divorce this guy after this public humiliation? Or should I not divorce him? What am I going to do? Trying to heal from the hurt. So that's what we've been about on the affair because I feel like... I like stories like this every now and again. Obviously, I'm not going to read this kind of books often. Honestly, I wouldn't. It's just maybe if I've, I've read a particular book that I prefer to read, maybe like 10 of them, then I'll read one of those, then 10 of the other ones I like, and then one of these kind of books. Because, you know, it just takes one tiny aspect of a person's life and it just gives dissecting and dissecting it, trying to get all the emotions down to the root, which this is really helpful if you have a problem with forgiving. And after this... Okay, the thing, the truth is, thanks to this novel, The Affair, I know that someone cheated on me, for instance, isn't the worst thing that can happen to me. Before I used to think that, oh, once someone cheats on you, that's it, you're failure, you couldn't keep them. You know, and this lady, Nadia, is feeling the same way, but it's not true. And there are worse things than cheated, sincerely, although cheating is really awful, though. So we're going to continue with the story so that we'll see what decision Nadia made. And Nicholas self, it, honestly, sometimes I feel sorry for the guy because he's sweet. But then again, he doesn't really seem to be taking the brunt of whatever is going on. Yes, you know, he feels bad. He's not really living with his daughter and his wife, his daughters and wife. He doesn't like it. But he's enjoying himself, having a blast, still sleeping with the other woman and living, living up his life however he wants it. It's so freaking annoying. Do you understand? Oh. So let's just finish the part C of the story and then... We'll be done with the affair. Next week, we'll welcome a new story. Okay, so let's go. So obviously, Nadia was getting angry and angry about the situation with Nicholas because for a long time, she was just sad. But she didn't want to admit it to her mom and sisters. She thought he was a fool for ruining everything. Unfortunately, she didn't hate him yet. The love she had for him wasn't dying as quickly as she thought it would. So at breakfast the next morning, because at this time, her sisters had come to... Um, see her in France at the chateau, Nicholas's chateau. Obviously, Nicholas just cleared place for them. You know, just that he doesn't want to be around any of her family members because they would chew him out, rightfully so. So at breakfast the next morning, like, you know, at the chateau when her sisters came to hang out with Nadia for the 4th of July weekend, Venetia announced that she wanted another child. Big family seemed cozy to her. So Nadia admitted then that her and Nicholas actually planned on having another child you know, that in the coming year, but then the incident with um, Pascal, the actress, had happened. Nevertheless, she was content with her daughters. Later, Atina invited Nadia and her nieces over for summer holidays in California. Atina is Nadia's um, eldest sister. Venetia is his second sister. Like, Atina is the first, Venetia is the second, Olivia is the third, Nadia is the fourth. So, Venetia also invited um, Nadia to um, holiday to a holiday house in Southampton. She could go there, like she could go to sound Upton after visiting Atina. Nadia was grateful for the invitations and the opportunity to leave France a bit because, come on, everywhere you turn around, your husband is well known. So this tabloid and that tabloid and this newspaper and that newspaper that carry news about him. It's so freaking annoying. 
Come on, you have to breathe, yeah? So, let's leave France for a bit, and her sisters are giving her the opportunity. Great. Meanwhile, Sylvie, that's Nadia's eldest daughter. She has only two daughters, Sylvie and Laura. And Laurie. Sylvie noticed that her parents were starting to act like the parents of her divorced friends. Who alternated staying with their children. Do you get? So she asked her mom concerning this, but Nadia didn't comment. It made Nadia angrier when they returned to Paris the next day because the chateau is at Normandy. Do you get? It's not in Paris. And there were mentions of Nicholas and Pascal in the newspaper about them renting a house in the south of France for the summer. Pascal looked utterly ravishing in the picture in a bikini and showing off her six month old pregnancy, while Nicholas looked extremely happy beside her. Seriously, Nadia threw away the paper before her daughter saw it. That night that they came back to Paris, Nicholas came around and he looked like he was having a blast. He had a tan that made him look blonder and made his green eyes pop. The moment his daughters were out of earshot, he announced Nadia. Like, imagine, you just waited. The moment your daughters are not like close enough, you're like, Pascal is having a son. And they are telling me as your wife to do what? Like, he was so excited about it. He couldn't even pretend to downplay it. And God, Nadia was like, I can't believe I'm just indulging this guy. I can't believe I'm indulging this guy. What the hell am I doing? So she's like, Nadia was like, you have to tell the girls that we're not together. You have to tell the girls that they're having a baby from another woman. You have to tell them. Nicholas was like, yes, okay, after the child is born. And then he also ranted off his usual stuff that, oh, I still love you, Nadia. I want to fix our marriage after this baby is born. Nadia just felt crazy. She's like, God, I want to hit you so bad right now. She, said she should have just hit her, in my opinion. She was just so frustrated and furious, and rightfully so. So Nicholas wanted to spend August at the chateau with his family, and Pascal would only be seven months old pregnant and would have a circle of jet-set friends. Like, jet-set means they own boats or they chatter them, like rich people, right? And he enjoyed that circle too, but he wanted time with his daughters, and Nadia, Isha agreed. This man is infuriated. I mean, you can just go have fun with Pascal and then come back and play family man. Come on, he is acting like a man-child. Nadia had to calmly tell him, I am going to America to visit my sisters. And obviously, we're not in a position where you can tell me, oh, why didn't you tell me anything? So he can't argue. She's going, okay? So when Nicholas informed Pascal that he'd be spending the 14th July weekend with his daughter, she sucked like a child, like, oh, why can't you just bring your daughter to this house and I'll meet them and they'll stay here with us? Nicholas was like, they don't know about you or the fact that they're having a brother. Pascal didn't get why he hadn't told them. It wasn't a big deal to her. But Nicholas wanted to raise his daughters traditionally. It wasn't okay introducing them to an alternate lifestyle like the type he had with Pascal. Pascal called him a prude while smiling sensually at him. Then she unzipped his trousers, walked her usual magic, and they were at it again. How it all started. On the movie set, Pascal had flirted with him shamelessly and relentlessly. He tried to resist her, but then he found her naked on his bed one night and gave in, thinking it'd just be fun activity on set that his wife would never find out about. Then the whole thing exploded. Then the only thing Pascal was bothered about was Nicholas's emotional attachment to his wife. Nicholas knew he shouldn't get that attached to a flighty person like Pascal. So actually, Nicholas, like I said, he's playing everything. He's playing this whole thing to his advantage. He's like, oh, I can have fun with Pascal. This whole Pascal thing is temporal. But I shouldn't get attached to Pascal. Let me keep my attachment to my wife because she's a good person. And she's a person who is stable, who has person to be stable. Do you get? But at the same time, let me have fun with this other fresh young blood. Okay? <laughs> so Pascal's upbringing had been loose. 
Jacket. She lost her virginity at 14 years old and only had her eye on her career advancement now. Sleeping with him, a producer, if you thought about it, was also a move in the direction of upping her career advancement. So Nicholas and Pascal were sexually addicted to each other. He knew that was it. Pascal didn't really love him, which was common among most actresses. They were narcissistic and immoral, while women like his wife were full of integrity and courage. Pascal was still the sexiest woman he, he ever met, and he wanted to get her out of his system before they went separate ways after the child was born. He just doubted that Nadia would ever take him back after such a public scandal, as if you would do that if you were in his shoes. Meanwhile, Rose had another mess to take care of. Two senior editors met her at her office and made her say that the interview with Pascal needed Nicholas on it. He was a big part of her stardom, and he was really the one that people wanted to hear what he had to say. Rose knew they were right. She called Nadia with tears in her eyes and informed her. As usual, Nadia was understanding. However, Rose insisted to the senior editors that she would do the final edit of the piece herself. No one argued with her. For the 14th of July weekend, Nadia joined Nicholas and their daughters at the chateau. On the outside, it looked as if they were having a normal, as if they were a normal family having a blast because Nicholas was just so cheerful with the girls. Now there was torture. Like, I feel like a crazy person. How is he acting like nothing is going on? How is he acting like he didn't cheat on me? Like he's not still cheating on me and having a child with his mistress. Like, how is he doing this? Do you get? So it's so high. So just a reminder of everything that they could never have again. So, and then they talked. They both saw separate lawyers in the past week had to start off to just get advice on starting a divorce proceeding. And he, he, got, he saw a lawyer to learn on what grounds divorce were possible so that he could avoid it. They weren't separated since he hadn't technically moved out. You know, that his whole back and forth thing. I don't know how he's keeping that thing up. He just needed until October when the baby was born that he'd return to Nadia. Nadia didn't believe him. Like, what the hell are you, what the hell are you going on about? Without consulting Nicholas, Pascal agreed to have the mode photo shoot and interview at the rented house. I mean, this is just more signs to show you that this girl is not the person you should keep at home, okay? Not consulting you, okay? So she was in her full diva mode when the mode people came over to do the shoot and stuff. And it spared Nicholas from some attention because he still had attention on him. They both looked like an ad for Yask owners and like people who had too much money. They get that. That's advice you were given. So Nicholas was relaxed for the interview because before it, Pascal had, in quotes, chat him up. We know what it means. You know what it means, bruh? I'm, I'm not going to say it. If you don't know, forget about it. But you shall know what it means. Okay, moving on. Pascal was very loud about her opinions on marriage as a ridiculous, antiquated tradition, which didn't fit the modern world and kept people stagnant, unable to grow. She didn't believe that any relationship was meant to last forever. I mean, this is what she was saying in the interview when they were asking her questions. Nicholas smoothly deflected any questions that brought up his wife and daughters. It wasn't perfect, like the... The, the, to the, ex, the extent of deflection he was able to do wasn't perfect, but he tried his best. In the end, Pascal's responses on every subject of the interview made her look stupid, narcissistic, immoral, irresponsible, and someone who had a hard heart. Nicholas, on the other hand, he looked like a besotted fool who had thrown away his life, a sensational body, little brain, and no heart. I quoted Daniel still much here because these are her words, not mine. So, Nadia had a fantastic time with her sister in America, and so did her daughters with Atina's dogs. Just like Venetia, Atina wasn't pushing Nadia in the direction of divorce. She wanted her to make her choice, even if Nicholas was a jerk. At least he'd be her jerk, if she chose to keep it. From Atina's house, Nadia and the girls went to see 
and stay with Rose for three days in New York. So Rose took her granddaughter to Mode, gave them a tour. Sylvie decided at the end of the tour that she wanted to work in marketing when she grew up. While Laurie wanted to become a dog doctor, like a veterinarian. Yeah? So cute. So two and a half months later, after the madness began, after the whole thing exploded, that Nicholas was cheating and Nadia was just being tortured, she was finally ready to be done with Nicholas. She now set an appointment with her lawyer to divorce this guy. So on the day they returned to Paris, Nicholas came to see his daughters that night. When they were alone, Nadia informed him that she'd go ahead with the divorce. The thing about Nicholas is that he's gentle and expressive. He's a bad guy in this situation, but you think it's Nadia from some of his expressions. He looked like he wanted to cry. The student tell the girls anything. Unfortunately, the next day, Nadia had to go to her office, but the housekeeper was on vacation and the babysitter wasn't available. She had to call one of their old neighbors to stay with the girls. By the time she came back, her daughters already knew everything because obviously the woman tattletailed to them and her daughters looked like someone had just given them a death sentence. Nadia had to call Nicholas like, will you calm the heck over, get your ass over here and clean up your mess. So he explained to them that nothing would change and he would still be very much there for them. He proposed to spend time with them at the chateau for the first two weeks of August. And Nadia wouldn't be there like last time. He finally got how serious she was. You know, the 14 July weekend, she was still trying to like save face and just come along so that the girls wouldn't really know the extent of trouble their parents were having. But in this case, Nadia is like, eh, 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 eh. if you're going to spend time with them, I'm not going to be there. Full stop. So by mid-August, Venetia and Olivia came with their husbands and children to spend time at the chateau with Nadia and the girls. Because, you know, Nicholas spent the first two weeks with his daughters. Then when he left now, let's say from 14 to August, Venetia and Olivia, they came with their husbands and children. You know, when they came in the 4th of July, it's just the sisters that came. But this time with um, the, the family. Apparently, it's an annual tradition. But Nicholas was the one gay part of it. Nicholas was supposed to be there because all three sisters, they like their children to interact, you know, so that they, they would get close and stuff like that. But obviously, Nicholas wasn't around anymore. So, it was also probably going to be the last time they were all going to gather at the chateau since Nadia and Nicholas were divorcing and obviously since the chateau belongs to Nicholas, they would have to rent a house somewhere else and gather like this every year. Venetia and Nadia couldn't stop staring at Will because of what their sister had told them. They wish they didn't know. They get. You know Olivia told them something really major about her son Will, that her son Will is not her husband's son. It's not her husband that fathered her son, Will. And Olivia is like the most uptight sister. Like, for her to have such a major secret, her sister were, were all surprised. And now that they're seeing Will, after she, you know, this is the first time they're seeing Will, because she just told them like a month ago or so. And now that they're seeing Will, they just couldn't stop staring at him. Like, oh my God. Like, because what their sister told them, they couldn't get out of their head. So they were almost wishing that she, they didn't know. Harley, that's Harley's Olivia's husband, who was only 60, but he seemed older. Like, the man acts older. Like, you know, when someone is just so conservative and strict and just so uptight, I mean, they tend to seem older. Even Olivia, too. Olivia is 39, but based on, and she's so pretty, slim and blonde, but the way she would pack her hair and everything, she would be looking so older than her 39. So at the end of their time at the chateau, Olivia confessed to her sisters that ever since she shared her secret with them, about will she also wanted to tell harley her husband they were terrified they're like don't do it don't do it the harley oh my god do you do you know how uptight he is oh my god he will never forgive you don't but we know the final decision is up to her so in the last week of august most september issue that nadia has been dreading because of pascal and nicholas in it finally came out nadia hesitated to buy it but she eventually did in all the pictures nicholas looked happy he didn't miss her 
She knew now. He just probably missed the stability and the life he had with her. She saw all the almost naked pictures with Pascal and she wondered why the hell did I hesitate to divorce this guy? So Nadia called her mom afterwards and let her know, don't worry, I survived because she had expected so much worse. So Rose was so grateful. She'd fought for her cup well because Rose had been so strict on turn this down, turn that down because she was trying to protect her child in as much as she was also trying to put the magazine's best interest you know, in view. So Rose literally, she just cried tears of relief. Meanwhile, Nadia's sisters had different reactions to the interview and pictures. They were all dramatic. Venetia was like, whoever wrote this thing is a bitch. Athena was like, oh my God, Pascal looks so slutty in what she's wearing. Olivia was like, oh God, I hate Nicholas all the more. Trust sisters to just at least have all the <laughs> bad reactions you can have towards something. And it's so cool. As for Nicholas, when he saw the September issue, he sat down and cried. Because he knew that Nadia would have hurt from seeing it. Then why did you do it? Yes, why did you hurt her? If you knew, you should have just kept your thing in your trouser. But you did not. So after this incident, Nadia finally felt free to reclaim her power and move on to the next phase of her life. Coincidentally, a new man appeared in the form of a stinkingly rich American man who wanted her to design his Paris home. He was about Nicholas's age, but the advice you're nothing alike. I mean, Nicholas is a creative, but this other guy is all business, American. He was also really handsome. Imagine Henry Cavill with white hair. Oh, we can't. The Witcher. She did an exceptional job on his house, um, this um, guy's house. The, I, I never said his name, right? I think his name was George. So she did an exceptional job on George's house. She put her heart into it because she, was, she also took it as a distraction because like she's not really worked in a new house since Nicholas started cheating so this was her first job then and she just really did it so well he was and this judge was so moved when he saw the result that stoic no-nonsense businessman who'd had so many heartbreaks and disappointments from two marriages he shed a tear and with deep emotions he kissed Nadia but she felt nothing they stayed friends so and the thing about Nadia's work is that it's always fist of my mind I can relate to that statement so much because a writing career is similar there are times when you're having jobs back to back, your books are selling out, whatever you do is like blowing up. And there are times when it's like, why is no one buying anything I'm writing or listening or doing this? So there are really times like that in certain creative careers. So Nadia also makes high ticket offers. So one job can actually feed her for months or even a year more. So even her presentations and when Nadia does presentations, they're not free because it requires putting a lot, like it's a lot of work to put together a presentation. But if you're just talking to you about, okay, let's just go see the house. And, oh, we could do this here. We could do that here. Just that particular one is for free. But a full-on presentation has a fee. So Nadia faced a different problem now. Now that she's moving on from Nicholas and everything. She was worried that she wouldn't fall in love again. And that American men didn't work for her. They're not passionate like French men. American men, they seemed robotic. And they were too much about, let's get to work. But the French, in general, they like to play and have fun. They like to, you know, relax, talk about philosophy, politics, and life. I mean, the French sound so relaxed. It'd be like I go move to France, too. <laughs> Nevertheless, she was content with her life as it was. In October, Nicholas traveled to Brittany, like someplace in France, I assume, to be there for his son's bed. Like, that's where Pascal's mother lived. So he was shocked to find out that Pascal's mother was younger than him. Yeah, Pascal's mom... I've forgotten her name. I didn't put it down. She's only 38 years old. But Nicholas is like 42. 
So Nicholas was with Pascal throughout the entire uncomfortable last phase of pregnancy. He was there to welcome his son. And it was then that he discovered that the baby didn't make him feel closer to Pascal. Because when Nadia had her babies, you know, had their daughters, it had brought him closer to Nadia. But it's not the same. Like, he just felt distant from the whole thing. Even Pascal did not feel like, ah, okay, I had a baby, I should be all over the baby. Both and her mom, they're not maternal women. So they named the boy Benoit. I, I, I think that's a pronunciation, Benoit, like Pascal wanted. And then they made arrangements for his care under his grandma, Pascal's mom. It was all mechanical and sad. None of the little boy's parents wanted to be there all the time for him. The entire time Nicholas stayed in Brittany was three weeks. So in the spirit of a separated couple, Nadia and Nicholas shared the girls between them for the holidays. She had them for Thanksgiving and the week before Christmas. He picked them up on Christmas Day and had fun with them. Pascal lost interest in him after she put to bed and moved on with her life. But they did have one last go at it in his new apartment a month later. Like one month after she had her child, she came to Paris to his apartment and they, you know, they did their thing again. Like, I'm sorry. So just, they wanted to confirm, do we still have that passion? But it was gone. Well, why did you have to have another round to check first? When you're claiming you want your wife back? I beg, I beg. That was, that. this whole thing happened sometime between November and December before he and his wife now officially separated and everything. So Pascal started a new relationship, if, if I can even call it that, with a 24-year-old French man she was going to star with in a new movie. In all, their affair lasted a year, an entire friggin' year. For the divorce, Nadia wanted support for the girls and nothing for herself. She wanted to end up the marriage quietly and face her life. That winter was dark for Nicholas. He wrote a book based on the events of the affair and learned through it how selfish he'd been. He also missed Nadia terribly. In January, Nadia and Nicholas appeared in court to confirm their divorce arrangement. In two months after their parents, the divorce would be finalized. Nadia didn't like being divorced. It felt like she failed at marriage. Meanwhile, Venetia was going to have a baby, like the 43. Um, what is Venetia 43 or 41? She, I think she's 41. Yes, Venetia is 41. Like Nadia's um, second sister and the one that I liked the, both, the best. So, her and her husband actually conceived that baby at the chateau in the summer. That time that all of them gathered at the summer, you know, at, at that time, Nicholas's chateau at, at Normandy. That's when her husband, Ben, conceived that child. So, Christmas was pleasant for Nadia. Her daughter spent time with her dad while she traveled to America and spent time with her sisters. You know, the, she's not, the, her and her sisters would gather with their mom today, or she spent time with this person, spent time with that. So, just more of like, she was just constantly surrounded by her sisters and family, so it felt really nice. Then on New Year's Day Eve, like Ted first of December, Nadia, Venetia, and Atina were having breakfast together when Olivia called in tears to let them know that Harley had left her. What? She finally cracked and told him the truth, that Will wasn't his son. He told her that he'd never forgive her for lying to him. They had expected that. This, this was the same Olivia that was mounting of that time like if you if you listen to part B of this um of this story that if Harley ever cheated on her she she's going to leave him. But now that the roles were reversed, she's the one that was bawling her eyes out and saying she would die without him. Nadia told her family, "Don't worry, you're not going to die." I mean, Nadia would know. She assured Olivia that no matter what happens, she'll be okay. So Nadia and Nicholas's divorce proceedings had been too smooth compared to many couples. So it was because both of them cooperated and they didn't quarrel over money, cost of their arrangements or property. They had tried to be as fair as possible to each other. 
and leave it. Nadia remembered only the good times. Like, Nadia was separated. She's only remembering, oh, my God, we had good times together. But when she thought of, oh, let's try to stay with him, she's like, oh, all I can remember if I want to stay with him is that he cheated on me and he's going to do it again. I mean, there's a second time in eight years or thereabouts. So, Venetia called Nadia to inform her that Olivia was having a panic attack and had to be taken to the ER. That's so sad. Hallie wasn't still answering her calls, but he was talking to their son. He mercifully correlated the lie that Olivia had made up that, oh, your daddy's not around because he went to Washington Film Conference. So when um, Will called him, he's like, oh, I'm in Washington Film Conference, although he was just at some hotel. So their conversation turned in Nicholas's direction as usual, like Venetia and Nadia's own. So Venetia asked if Nadia still loved him. She admitted that she always would. I mean, he's my first love, of course. Venetia now replied, then you can't stay with him. If he cheats again, you live. So, Venetia didn't want them to divorce if they could give their marriage a chance again. What about my self-respect? I mean, if Nadia took Nicholas back, she'd look at, like an idiot. Venetia calmly countered that people would think she loved him. Besides, who cares what people think? She used Olivia as a case study. She was harsh and unforgiven. Yet, look at the situation she, she was in. Should her husband forgive her? There are different scenarios, definitely. Olivia's situation and um, Nadia's situation, but... Ultimately, the hurting parties needed to know if their hearts could be mended. The reason why Nadia pushed through the divorce was for one reason, accountability. She couldn't let Nicholas offer what he did. He should know there are consequences for his actions. As for Olivia, after three days of trying to reach um, Harley and having all those panic attacks and everything, she went to his chambers at the federal courthouse and she waited for him. When they talked, Harley was deeply hurt. Both of them looked very haggard. It was a tearful confrontation. But in the end, Harley forgave Olivia. He even quoted the Bible verse where it said to forgive 70 times 7. But he said, look, I don't have it in me to forgive that much. So you don't, don't ever lie to me again. And as punishment, I sentence you to spend the rest of your life with me. It's cute. It's okay. I'm, I'm really glad they sorted that one out. So Nicholas tried to be a present father for Benoit. I mean, his son with Pascal. Because it's, it's just dawning on him that this guy is still my son. And since his mom is not going to try for him, I should try. So he invited Pascal's mom to his apartment in Paris every other week. He, she was supposed to come with um, Benoit. Then they spent time together, like, so that he could be able to spend time with Benoit. So sometime later, Nadia was brainstorming on the designs for new clients. Something didn't quite fit, and she couldn't figure it out. So a phone call came in while she was just brainstorming, and she picked it up without checking who it was. It was Nicholas, and he wanted to talk. He was downstairs, and he wanted to see in person, even though she's like, ugh, okay. She just let him in to spare herself the energy of telling him to go away and go stay there. She was like, oh, come inside, Shan. What do you want to talk about? So when he looked at what she was working on, he instantly knew what they fit and pointed it out. That was their pattern. They were a team and they often helped each other out. Nadia was like, oh, thank you. So Nicholas and I started talking about how easy and depressing that it was had been. I mean, he begged for another chance. He'd been doing this for the longest time. She was resisting it. And even asked, you can put me on probation. Nadia, she just didn't want to risk her heart again, understandably. They were having a normal conversation, one out of the blue, like, not really, she was just like, Nicholas, just, just let's be done with this. I, I can't keep going back and forth on this. Nicholas was like, okay. But then he now walked around her desk, you know, and kissed her without warning. He was out of ideas. But this one worked, even though Nadia was in tears as she gave in to him. She's like, okay, I'm going to give you a chance, especially considering how Harley took Olivia back. The worst that can happen is that you mess up again and I will divorce you again. You know, you get impervious to these things. Ha ha ha. Trouble. 
Venetia called after Nicholas left, like just after Nicholas left and before Nadia could even call her, Venetia called. And she was entering labor at five months of pregnancy. If she gave birth at that time, the baby wouldn't make it. Fortunately, at the hospital, the baby didn't come out. So they just told Venetia, you have to be on bed rest for two months. So she has to do her designs at home, participate in meetings from the screen. If you know Venetia, she's very hyper. She likes to be involved in all the details of her company. But they're like, no, 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 you can't do that now. You have to consider your baby, stay on bed rest. So Nadia flew to see, to, flew to see her. I think she lives, she lives in America, was in New York or LA, one of the two. She flew to see her to make sure she was okay. These people have money. Have you calculated how many flights have happened in this book? They will fly, uh, it was Rose flying to, Rose has flown to Paris twice. Her sisters have flown to Paris twice. Um, then with her daughters, Nadia had flown to America once, then flown for Christmas, flying again. How many flights? And these flights are happening like six months time or so. They have money. They actually do. Once we've heard their background and what all of them are doing, they have money. So Nicholas and Nadia had been together for three months and he'd been on his best behavior. Like she took him back again. And then, but they forgot to cancel their divorce. <laughs> so it came in the mail that, ooh, that the divorce is confirmed, the papers. It was a ridiculous situation, but they decided to make the most out of it. So they planned another wedding. So it was going to be really private with just family. And it will be held in the summer at the chateau, like when, it, when they are gathering for that annual meetup now, when everybody can come with their families. And coincidentally, it would also be after Venetia had had her baby and had at least two months to rest. Also, Venetia designed Nadia's dream wedding dress. Another cool thing that happened on their wedding day was Benoit's christening. So they decided to accept Benoit as um, part of the family. They get, or rather, it was Nadia's decision to have him over often. So a year later, after the horrible affair, their relationship had recovered. It was truly miraculous. So what, what are your ideas? Do you actually like the fact that they got together? Would you have been like, Nicholas, stay away and suffer? At least Sylvia and Laurie are happy on this one because they were like, they were so sad. They were so, so sad and so terrified. So anyway, this is the end of the story. And I will see you in the next episode. I think, yes, on Thursday. I'll see you on Thursday. Then we'll, ha we'll have a new story on Monday. Thank you so much. Please don't forget to rate and review wherever you listen. And you can tell people about the podcast. Just tell someone, oh, I listened to this really cool story. Listen to it here. Just like I did with Stephanie Sue's story. Just if it's cool and you enjoyed it, tell someone about it. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs>